I was um, chatting with somebody earlier in the week, and as we were chatting, um, I was reminded of a prophetic word that I, I'm living with loads at the moment, um, because I believe it's what God's doing in the nation. Um, and this person I was talking to said, oh, I kind of, kind of harking slightly back to the glory days of um, charismatic renewal and the Toronto blessing in 94 and all of that. If I'm talking gobbledygook to you right now, please don't worry. But, um, and I just, in my heart, as I was chatting, and it was a great conversation, but I just found myself thinking, we need to know what God is doing in his church today. Because when we understand what God is doing, it makes it so much easier to, to connect and to step into the flow of what God's doing. And I just want to read this prophetic word to you. It was... Um, written by a guy who was kind of off the wall and crazy um, and was really a bit of a nutter, if you like, and um, a guy called Smith Wigglesworth. And he wrote this, well, didn't write, write it, he spoke this prophetic word that God gave him just after World War II in 1947, shortly before his death. Um, if you've ever read, ever read any of Smith Wigglesworth books, you know that his expectation of what the kingdom of God looks like when it comes is up there. And his practice was fairly crazy. Don't worry, we won't punch anybody this morning. Um, but he spoke this just after the war. And I want you to, I want to kind of do, a, as I'm reading this, just do a very brief church history or modern church history um, update and look at the last 50, 60 years of the church. Because I believe even what Nigel just shared then, God wants to unlock us in understanding what he's doing and that we need that. Lest we are just those that just rock up to church week in, week out, same old, same old, monotonous, but without joy in our hearts, like Isla at the beginning that I was sharing about. And he said this, so this is just after the war, and in that I want you to think there's been guys who have seen horrific circumstances in the trenches and in battle. And they've come back and they're trying to make sense of the world and they're trying to make sense of their lives and still have that same old dry church experience to go to that kind of defined much of the Christian church in the UK before the war. You went with your tie done up and your shoes polished and your kids went kicking and screaming. And um, maybe it's the same. But, but it was a very dry church experience. And guys had come back and seen, and seen these horrific things in the war, trying to make sense of life and what they'd witnessed. And a huge disconnect occurred for these guys and the local church. And the church had to find itself and answer this question, well, how do we help these men? How do we serve them? And in actual fact, through World War I and World War II, and please hear my heart in this. It's always dangerous to say things like this because somebody will get the wrong end of the stick. But, but in they, the church, much of the established church, became a remembrance um, organization. We don't, know how to, we don't know how to serve these guys who have witnessed these horrific incidences. So what we'll do is we'll serve them by remembering. Remembering is a good, thi- a good thing. We're called to remember. So that's not wrong at all. But the church became, if you like, somewhat um, ineffective in that it, it became, it went from sleepy to this remembrance role. And it's in this context that Smith Wigglesworth spoke this prophetic word. And he said this. It's fairly well known. I'm sure many of you will know it. He said, During the next few decades, there will be two distinct moves of the Holy Spirit across the church in Great Britain. The first move will affect every church that is open to receive it and will be characterized by the restoration of the baptism and gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
And we refer back to this as charismatic renewal. And, and through the 50s and 60s and 70s, this was going on in churches. Churches in many churches right across the nation. Churches were dividing over this issue. As the Holy Spirit just turned up in church after church. It's not that he wasn't there before, but in power came and grabbed hold of people's hearts and, and filled them with his presence. And, and people said, wow, what is this? What do we do with this? And it caused churches to divide over this issue, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. As some said, wow, this is great. God is doing something. And others said, we want nothing to do with this. And that happened. And so over the next few decades, there was the charismatic renewal, as we refer to it, where the Spirit of God was poured out in a fresh way on the church. And then he says this, the second move of the Holy Spirit will result in people leaving historic churches and planting new churches. And that is really what happened. Then you had renewal church um, and restoration church movements like New Frontiers from which Gateway was, has been born through. And Pioneer and Vineyard and Salt and Light. And, and these kind of movements as people encountered the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, new church streams and, and movements came as people followed what the Spirit of God was doing, and they said, we can't go back to those dry, formal ways of, of doing church because the life of God has come to us in the person and work of the Holy Spirit, and now we are awakened to these things, and new churches were planted in homes and, and warehouses and factories and old disused buildings right across the nation. And some of you in this room were part of that, and that was your story, and I know that because you've told me, and, and you said, yeah, that's exactly the story that we went through. And we even lost friends over this. In fact, Terry Virgo, who's coming this evening, if you haven't booked in, there are still tickets available. I don't mind if you get your phone out just to make sure you guys can come before others that hear the notices in churches across Swindon um, get online. So if you want to get your phone out, Eventbrite, find good news for Swindon, book in right now. But Terry Virgo, who led one of these, um, who, who was a young guy, encountered the Spirit of God, had, had done this thing of dry church, dead church, encountered, said, surely there must be something more to church than this. I mean, you read, you read, the Acts of the Apostles, and you go, wow, these guys were filled with the life of God. And being a follower of Jesus radically altered their life. And, and Terry was one, was one of these young guys who encountered the Spirit, who was profoundly um, filled with the Spirit, and, and, and as a result, began to gather with friends. And, and a movement came off the back of that, a church planting movement, just as Smith Wigglesworth prophesied would happen. And, and Terry was part of that. And Terry's coming this evening to preach to our our network of churches in Swindon, good news for Swindon. And if we're not careful, we can kind of go, oh, it's great that Terry's coming back because of the good old days. We get a bit of the good old days again. I love Terry. I, I, I thank God regularly for Terry and Wendy and their legacy and how, how we are where we are because of their faithfulness. We want to honor and thank God and, and stand in the good of what we learned through mothers and fathers in God. And it wasn't just Terry. There were many um, men and women who were pioneering movements and, and following the Spirit of God. And these are great things. And, but that's what Smith Wigglesworth in his prophetic word said. There would be this first move of the baptism and filling of the Spirit and gifts being distributed across the church. The second move would be um, people leaving historic churches and planting new churches. And he says this, in the duration of each of these moves, the people who are, who are involved will say, this is a great revival. Just want to remind you, if you were around in the mid-90s, 94, when the Spirit of God was poured out in a particularly powerful way, and it's referred to as um, the Toronto Blessing because it was in Toronto that it really um, kick-started in, in, is Toronto in the States or a calendar? 
Thank you. I knew I was going to get that wrong. Um, I just do my thinking out loud. Um, and, and there was a mighty move of God that came. And there's a whole backstory to that. And there's many brilliant books that tell you all of these stories and moves of God that you can read. Um, and many, many, many churches across the world were impacted. And many streams and denominations and movements were impacted. And it, and it wasn't just one stream or denomination. It was multiple streams and denominations were moved and impacted by this move of God in the mid-90s. I grew up as a youngster. I was 14 at the time. And I remember going to church, Swindon Family Church, as we were then, and thinking, and it was off the wall. Don't do a yay. It was off the wall. No, I'm joking. You can, you can yay. But uh, going to meetings and people rolling around, shaking and laughing and barking like dogs. And if you, and no, literally. And it was just crazy. But God was at work. And I remember thinking to myself, I will never bring a friend to this. Um, but God was at work stirring his church. He really was. And if you, tr- if you just think a moment for what was happening in culture at the same time. So in, in, back in the 40s, you had the post-war and, and this sense of, oh, what's life about now? How do we get a new vision for life? We've just had years of hatred and fear. And you get the hippie movement come off the back of it. Peace and love. You say, yeah, that, in the natural, that makes sense. And Andrew Leakey, who planted Swindon Family Church Gateway, he, he always used to say what God's doing, or what's happening in the natural, God's doing in the supernatural. And he used to regularly say that. And you say in the natural, yeah, there was war, and then there was a hippie movement, peace and free love. And in the church at the same time, God comes and says, I'm going to pour out my love in, in a new profound way on my church. And then in the 90s, you get, you, you had the rave scene in popular culture with ecstasy and LSD. And, and that was a big defining part of popular culture in that, in that era, wasn't it? If you remember, and, and people shaking and falling over and laughing and incapacitated. And then you go to the church and it looked like a nightclub full of people that have been taking drugs. Except it's the Holy Spirit who's come and encountered his people powerfully again and brought fresh life and and a fresh sense of, wow, the power of God amongst us. And I believe in the 90s, as I've reflected on it, I I know that many people would say, if only it could be like that again. And you know, there are times where God does pour out his spirit in the same way, but, but, but God doesn't always and doesn't need to and often doesn't do things in the same way as he stirs, as he, as Nigel was saying, as he as he awakens us to what he does, as he comes and says to the church, come on, wake up, sleepy ones. You had an extra hour in bed last night, so you're fine to worship this morning. And as God comes and stirs something, he often doesn't do things in the same way. And so when I had a coffee earlier in the week, at, excuse me, and the chap that I was talking with said, part of me wishes it could be like that again. I found myself going, no, actually, I, I don't wish it could be like that again. Not because I would never take a friend to that, although I wouldn't. And I did take a friend to it once, and he didn't have a problem with it at all, by the way. Because actually, it just reflected what was happening in culture. Except it was the love of God. And he had never stepped foot in a church, and I've told this story before, and we went on a youth weekend, and Mark Thornett, previous elder at Gateway, was um, our youth leader at the time, and he said, who wants to be prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit? And my mate Michael went, yes, I do. Had never stepped, literally had never stepped foot inside a church, had never been to anything Christian before. I invited him along think, to the youth group thinking that would be safe. This kind of thing won't happen there. 
And Mark laid hands on him, and I remember it as clear as anything. Michael hit the floor and just laid in the presence of God. And he got up, and he said, that was the best trip I have ever had. And then never, ever stepped foot, as far as I know, inside a church since. Yet he encountered something of the love of God authentically. He hadn't seen it. It wasn't a learned behavior. There was something that God was doing in the supernatural. And right now, we are in a unique time. And I just want to, did I actually finish what Smith Wigglesworth said? I didn't. Listen to this. And it says, in the duration of each of these moves, people who are are involved will say, this is a great revival. But the Lord says, no, neither is this the great revival, but both are steps towards it. The Vicar of Dibley moment, the great storm of 97. Do you remember it? Um, And then he says this, when the new church phases on the wane, there will be evidence in the churches of something that has not been seen before. A coming together of those with an emphasis on the word and those with an emphasis on on the spirit and God loves his church but what he doesn't love is when people go hey we're word church we, we've got it sorted or when others say hey we're the spirit guys and we've got it sorted and because we're about the supernatural and miraculous and and we're about what God's word is about and they're saying yeah but you've kind of got it you're missing some bits you're not quite i's dotted and t's crossed and God looks and he says I love my church And we want to be a people who hunger for both the word and the spirit and more of it. And that's what Smith Wigglesworth is saying. There's a coming together of those with an emphasis on the word and those with an emphasis on the spirit. And may I say this as boldly as this, I believe that is what God is doing right across the nation in these days. That actually the the new church movement is waning in that many of the movements and streams that started have now either finished or have dramatically changed and that isn't a bad thing change is not wrong in fact we need to be changing or else we're stuck and so even tonight as churches come together from across the town with very different backgrounds and stories and gifts and but yet coming together united in Jesus I believe that that is what is happening the word and spirit coming together and when the word and spirit come together Smith Wigglesworth says there will be the biggest move of the Holy Spirit that the nations and indeed the world have ever seen. It will mark the beginning of a revival that will eclipse anything that has been witnessed within these shores. Even the years of the Wesleyan and Welsh revival of former years. And if you have ever read any books on those revivals, you know that they impacted again our nation and changed it. But, but Smith Wigglesworth is prophesying saying that will even be eclipsed by what God does. The outpouring of God's spirit will flow over from the United Kingdom to mainland Europe and from there will begin a missionary move to the ends of the earth. Can I invite you to stand? I, I want us to be a people who are awake and alert to what God is doing, who are, who are walking faithfully with him Why did some people back in the 50s and 60s and 70s encounter the the fresh move of God in in the pouring out of his spirit in a new way on many churches and others seem to miss it? And I believe, bottom line, I believe it's hearts. It's a heart thing. It's a hunger for God and a desire for God. You do not have to have every I dotted and every T crossed in your life. But God 
he loves hungry hearts. And he is drawn to hungry hearts. And he's drawn to people who say, God, I want to walk faithfully with you. I want to run with you. I'm, I'm hungry that you come and move, not just in the nation and do something in the nation but, or in church, but I'm hungry that, that in my life I may know you and love you and delight in you and enjoy you. That I may know the hope to which I'm called. And so a moment ago, as Nigel was reading the scripture about the virgins and the oil and being prepared, ready for Jesus. I believe that God is speaking to us in these days. And, and, and right, not just us in Gateway and not just us in Swindon, but across the nation saying, come on church, be ready. Be ready. Because when God moves in a mighty way, and there are many people, and I, I am one of these that believe God wants to come and do a significant, fresh move in his church right across this land. If we are not ready, it will pass us by. And it's not just about nice, fun meetings. Please hear my heart. That's the byproduct of what we get when God moves. But it is about people seeing Jesus. It's a Smith Wigglesworth saying, a missionary movement out to the ends of the earth. It's about people being caught and zealous with the things of God. It's about people who have never even known that Jesus is our hope. Never even heard that Jesus has been raised from the dead. Hearing that and receiving it as good news in their life. And for us this morning, I want to invite us as we come and gather around this table, as we remember Jesus and his sacrifice and his, and his death, giving his body and his blood in our place. I want us to remember. We are a remembering people. We look backwards and we remember. And it's okay to remember moves of God. And, and for those of you who are privileged to go through those years, remember them and, and thank God for them. Absolutely. But God is doing something. And it starts with him coming to his bride and saying, come on, wake up. Are you ready? Are your hearts hungry? Are you expectant? Because God loves this nation and the nations of the world. God loves your neighbors and your colleagues. He loves your families. He loves, he loves, he loves. And he wants to pour out his love in a fresh way in this season. And I believe that even as good news for Swindon, it isn't Tom's idea or, or my idea or somebody else's idea. It's something that God is drawing together men and women from different church denominations and streams, word and spirit coming together and God loves that. And he's promised in his word that where he sees that kind of unity, he will bless it. And so I want to invite you as we share communion that we come together with hungry hearts. And so don't rush to the table. Don't rush to the table this morning. We, Paul encourages us to examine our hearts before we share communion. And maybe there is some repenting to say, Jesus, I, I've, just, I've just been expecting good meetings. I haven't really been that bothered about anything, to be honest, with faith. I kind of, my love for you has grown strangely dim, and I want it to be strangely alive again. And I just want to invite you, just as Nigel shared that scripture, to just allow God to speak into your heart this morning. And don't worry about the person you came with. Don't worry about what others are doing right now, but just allow God to speak into your heart and say, where are we at? Where are we at? And for some of you this morning, what I was talking about is completely foreign to you. And, and you're like, I've, I've just walked through a church, maybe even for the first time. I have no idea what you're talking about. What's the issue? Here's the issue. God loves you. And he's for you. And he wants you to encounter his love that, that when we talk about God, we're talking about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
who love one another from eternity past and, and in Christ that love has been poured out on you and I that we get caught up in God's story and, and God wants you to know his love towards you and maybe that's the first time you've ever really even heard that God loves you and just picking up from earlier you know Alistair said I, I'm so, sorry Alistair I'm putting I'm paraphrasing what he said but it doesn't actually matter what God's done and I said hey it totally matters but here's the good news it doesn't matter what you have done because it matters what God's done and so you can come this morning to Jesus and in John 14 he says I am the way the truth and the life and if you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and that means you turn from your way of living that means you turn with yourself being your own God saying I live and I do what I want and I live how I want that pleases me and you turn to Jesus and say you're my Lord I follow you I turn from my sin and rebellion and I will, help me to love you. Help me to be faithful and follow you, even counterculturally. And you say, Jesus, you're my saviour. I believe that you died, were crucified in my place, taking my sin and my guilt and my shame upon yourself. And, and I believe that in, 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 in place of that, you gave me your righteousness. So that as the Father sees me, he doesn't see me in my sin and rebellion but he sees me clothed in you and he says, you're my child whom I love and I'm well pleased in you. And that is God's offer to you this morning. You do not have to do anything other than receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And it's free. It's called God's grace to you. It's a free gift of God. And it's on offer to you today. And I want to invite you, if that's you this morning, I would love to talk to you about and introduce you to Jesus and talk to you about what it is to be a follower of Jesus because here's the rub, salvation's free, but being a follower of Jesus costs you everything if he's really Lord. And so it's not a light thing to do. And I wonder even some of us, when we gave our life to Jesus, we, we did it as a light thing. Oh, phew, I've got a ticket to heaven. It's kind of easy, isn't it? Comfortable lives. God says, no, I've called you to radicalness. I've called you to remember that I'm a God that loves this nation and the nations of the world. And I want to move again by my spirit. And so let's just lift our hands right now if you're comfortable. If you're here and you don't know Jesus and you've come with somebody, why don't you ask them in a moment just to pray with you if you want to, to lead you to Jesus or come and find myself or one of us at the front. We'd love to talk to you and pray with you and share communion with you for the first time. But lift your hands, would you? Father, come by your spirit right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you said in, in John 14, I was just reading it a moment ago, and it said, we'll, we will come. The Father and I will come to you, and the Spirit will come to you. And thank you that we have, just as Helen was singing over, over us earlier, it's not because we first loved you, but it's because you first loved us. Even when we were dead in our sin and transgression, you breathed life into us. And our eyes were opened, the eyes of our spirit were opened, and we saw you, Jesus. We saw your beauty and your majesty and your holiness and your love and your grace and your mercy. And our hearts were thrilled that you bid us come and be friends of God. And thank you, you said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I'm, I'm sending you the helper the Holy Spirit who comes and, and makes his home in your heart that you may know the life of God within you. 
that you may have the power and the presence of God within you. And so, and so we say, more of you these days, Holy Spirit. In our generation, on our watch, we, we, we don't want to miss what you're doing. We say, more of you. Come and awaken our lives to see and behold the beauty of King Jesus, to see and behold what the Spirit is stirring and awakening in your church in these days, that what you're doing in the natural, even as our nation is in fear, in the grip of fear, as it looks at the giant called Brexit, we say, we will not be afraid because our eyes have been opened and we see that you are reigning and ruling on the throne. That, that, that behind anything that's going on in this nation, you are faithful and just. And yes, the storms rage at points, but you're the one that speaks. Be still. And the storms obey. And so we say, we say peace to one another in the name of Jesus. Receive the Spirit of God. Do not fear because God is with you and He is for you. Be still and know that He is with you. Christian this morning, that, that fear is not your portion. But you are loved infinitely by Father, Son and Spirit. And that He is towards you today. And that He is for you and that He upholds your life and He sustains you. So come, Holy Spirit, breathe on our hearts again. Ignite within us a passion for your glory. We say, here's our lives. We gladly lay them before your feet again. We come to your throne, King Jesus, and we bow our knee and say, you are Lord. You are Savior. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank Jesus. Come on, let's thank him for what he has done. Let's thank him that we have hope, eternal hope, eternal life. Because of his faithfulness, we love you, King Jesus. We, we say we're here for you and your glory, and you and your glory alone. That's why we're here, Lord. We're here that you may be magnified in our lives and in this town and into the nations of the world. We love you, King Jesus. You're worthy. You are so worthy. And so we say, come breathe on us. Come and stir us, Lord. We, we, we don't mind what it looks like. We say, just come and awaken us to all you want to do in these days for your glory and our joy. We're here for your pleasure, King Jesus. We love you. We, we want to honor and worship you, King Jesus. And we do pray, Heavenly Father, that, that, that in these days there would be a mighty move in our nation. We want to pray and, and, and say, yes, we, we thank you. Even as we hear that word from Smith Wigglesworth, we see moves of God just as he prophesied into. And we say, Lord, we look forward with eager anticipation to say, move again in our nation. Boy, does it need it. Lord, as fear grips us, as fear of Brexit and financial crashes and, and, and foreigners coming into the nation grips the heart of this nation, we say, Lord, turn it around in the supernatural. And Lord, may we be the most generous people. Lord, may we not fear finance, Lord, but we say, Lord, make us generous in this day, Lord. We pray, Lord, that we would be people who, who seek to bless the nations of the world, not fear the nations of the world. That we love the foreigner and the stranger and alien among us and we welcome them and say, come. Lord, we want to have wide open hearts to all you want to do in these days, Lord. That, that as our nation seeks to alienate itself in one sense from the world, hear my heart on that, guys. I'm not trying to make a point, but as the nation says, no, we want to cut ourselves off, Lord, we pray, would you send many, many men and women from this nation into the nations of the world, just as Smith Wigglesworth spoke about, would you begin in these days to awaken your church, that we would not be those who sleep and slumber and are not alert or aware of what you're doing, but aware that there are many who are perishing across the nations of the world, many who do not have the privilege of worshiping Jesus because they've never even heard. And so we bless your name. We bless what you want to do in these days. And we say, Lord Jesus, here we are. 
Send us. Fill us. Anoint us. Encourage us by your spirit into all you're doing. For your glory, we pray this. For the, for the good news of this town that they may see and hear of you, King Jesus. Be magnified, we pray. In your precious name. Amen.